Episode 35, The Redemption of Slavery. Slavery has been around long before Moses and the Israelites began their journey from Egypt into the Promised Land. However, God would take it and begin to use it for the good of the people. Does that mean that God was for slavery? Welcome to the History of the Bible podcast. As we continue through the Bible, we will come across sections that talk about laws. Not much history is in these sections, but we will go ahead and cover them. Though there isn't much history, it does define the culture and society that the Israelites lived in. In Exodus 20, God begins to give the laws that will confirm His covenant with His people. These laws will become the basis for the society of Israel as they were called to be a nation separate and different from the other nations. This would set up the culture that the Israelites would have amongst themselves. The laws that would be given to the people were guidance on how a judge should handle disputes among the people. After God gave the Ten Commandments to the Israelites, He then begins giving the precedent for judgments within society. One of the first things that God addresses in Exodus 21 is the buying of a Hebrew slave. Before moving forward, we must take a look at slavery and what it meant by God implementing judgments around owning a Hebrew slave. Slavery in those days was not based on race whatsoever. In ancient times, slavery would result from either the conquering of another nation or city and bringing the defeated people back from the battle as spoils of war. Or another way that resulted in slavery was the selling of oneself to another person to pay off debts. There are other ways that a person could end up in slavery, and God addresses this in Exodus 21, verse 16, which says that whoever steals a man and sells him, and anyone found in possession of him, shall be put to death. Other translations say anyone who kidnaps someone to sell them is to be put to death. Deuteronomy 24 verse 7 says that a person must be put to death to purge the evil from among the Israelites. The Hebrew word for slave is from the word that means to work. Slaves in the Israelites' culture were workers or servants. Every Hebrew word and Greek word that is used in the Bible to mean a slave also implies a servant, worker, bondservant, and a laborer. The Bible talks about two different types of slaves, Israelites and those that are not. Most often, slavery of an Israelite typically came about because they could no longer pay off their debts. This would be a form of bankruptcy in those days. So the one that owed the money would sell themselves to the creditor to pay off their debt. God sets rules for this so that the seventh year, the one in debt was to be set free with all debts forgiven. For six years, an enslaved person that sold themselves to pay off debt is to work. But on the seventh year, they are to be set free and not empty-handed. The slave who served for six years was to be sent off generously with flocks, wheat, and wine so that they may not fall back into poverty. 
A slave would also be paid a wage during their time of service. In Leviticus 25, verse 40, it says that when an Israelite sells himself into slavery to his countrymen, he is not to be treated as a slave, but as a hired hand. Leviticus 25 continues to say that if a poor man sells himself to a foreigner that is living inside of Israel, then the poor man can be bought by another Israelite. However, if a poor man sold himself to another Israelite, he was not allowed to be sold again by his master. God did not want his people to be sold and bought and did not want any foreigner owning an Israelite. That is why if an Israelite somehow got sold to a foreigner, he can be bought by another Israelite. The Bible says that they can be redeemed. God was protecting his people from falling back into slavery to each other as well as other nations. This timing of working for six years and then being set free on the seventh year represents the six days of work that God did, and on the seventh day, he rested. There is one other way that an Israelite could become a slave, and that is through a court order. Exodus 22 verse 3 says that if a thief is caught, they are to be sold as a thief. But it is believed that a person sold as a slave for stealing was still set free on the seventh year. God also brings up and sets the rules around a man selling his daughter to be a slave. Often, this was done when the father was in debt and could not pay it off, but the woman was not to be sold as a slave for long. She was planned to be married. The woman that was sold did just household duties and would later on then be married to the son or to the man that purchased her. However, if the man did not want to marry her, she was to be set free. Women were not allowed to sell themselves into slavery as a man could, nor could they be sold as a slave if they were caught stealing. It is believed that only women that were under the age of 12 were sold as slaves for the purpose to be married not servitude. But if the man did not want to marry her after all, someone was allowed to redeem her and buy her for themselves as a wife. This is why God doesn't allow for female slaves to be set free after the sixth year, because the buying of a female slave was intended to purchase oneself a wife, and marriage was a lifetime commitment. Oftentimes, if a family could not afford a wedding, they would sell their daughter. However, this was no different than if a groom paid a dowry for the woman. Being sold as a slave for a woman was never intended to be slavery, but for marriage. Slaves that were not Israelite by birth were treated a little bit differently. There would have been either the foreigner slaves or the prisoners of war. The foreign slaves were allowed to be sold and remained a slave even after the six years. The prisoners of war, enslaved people brought in from battle, were never held privately. They were often held by the king and the kingdom and only worked on state-funded projects. Just because a slave that was a foreigner was not set free every seventh year does not mean they didn't have the opportunity to get their freedom. The master could set them free by giving a written deed so that in court they are seen as a free man, they could be purchased and then set free, or a slave could earn their freedom by marrying into the family.
Another way that a slave could earn their freedom is if their master caused them permanent bodily damage. Enslaved people, including Israelites and non-Israelis, were allowed to earn money, buy, and hold land of their own. If a slave saved up enough money, they were allowed to buy their own freedom. Slaves in this society were not treated the same as in recent years, nor were they seen and treated the same as other nations surrounding Israel at the time. In Israel, a slave could become part of the master's household, and that is why Proverbs 17 verse 2 says that a wise servant will share in the inheritance with the master's children. And if a slave ran away, Deuteronomy 23 verses 15 and 16 says that they were not allowed to be given back to their master, but instead to live among the people. There was to be no distinction between a slave and a hired worker, and if the owner killed a slave, the killing would be treated as if it were a murder of another freeman in the country. Vastly different from later on in history, when the Romans were allowed by law to kill their slaves whenever they liked. Exodus 21 verses 3 and 4 say that if a man came alone into slavery, then when he is set free, he is to go out alone. This is referring to a wife. If the person sold themselves to someone without a wife, then they were to leave without a wife. But if they had a wife when they sold themselves, then they would leave serving with their wife. However, if a slave sold himself to a master, and the master gave a slave a wife, and they had children together, when the seventh year came up, the slave was to be set free. His wife and children would have to remain. This is only talking about if the master gives the slave a wife from the master's other female servants that were not Israelites. This does not include if it is a free woman or another Israelite woman. Otherwise, the slave would be set free because of their marriage to a free person or eventually, the Israelite woman would be set free after being married. It might sound unfair for the man to have to leave his wife and children to serve their master while the husband was allowed to go free. It does need to be pointed out that God would later call the Israelites to not intermarry with other nations surrounding them. Plus, the female servant that was given to the slave as a wife is still the master's when the slave was set free on the seventh year. And it wasn't like the slave had the only option to be set free in the seventh year and leave his wife and kids. It was his choice to either stay with his wife and kids or to break the marriage to go free. Exodus 21 verse 5 says that if an enslaved person loves his master, wife, and children, he could choose to stay a servant for the rest of his life. The slave would then become a bondservant voluntarily. That way, they can stay with their wife and kids. This law would protect the master from being taken advantage of. Otherwise, a woman could go out and get into a lot of debt and then have herself sold to pay off the debt, but then get herself married to someone that may only have a year or two left of service and then she would be set free. The husband could stay with his wife and kids or try to work and save enough to buy them their freedom. During ancient times, slavery was not based on race, and the surrounding nations treated their slaves harshly, just like the Israelites were treated harshly during their bondage in Egypt. 
But God was calling the Israelites to be different in a way they handled their slavery. Slaves in Israel were often just like hired servants and became part of the master's household. They were paid a normal wage, they were allowed to own their own land, and they were housed and fed by the master. Slaves were protected by the law to not being harmed or killed by their masters. And if a slave decided on his own to stay with his master, then he could choose to do so. He would then be provided a home and food for the rest of his life by his master. Slavery was happening long before the law was given to Moses and the Israelites. Just look at Joseph as he was sold as a slave. So when God gave these rules regarding slavery, he was not endorsing slavery. In reality, God was changing what was normal with slavery and redeeming it. No longer were men and women being sold for no reason, but now God gave it a purpose. Instead of being a lifelong term of service as a slave, as the surrounding nations were doing with their slaves, God set limits on it. He placed that a slave could work for six years and then has to be set free on the seventh. The slave was protected by law, unlike other nations that could and would do whatever they liked to their slaves. To be punished by the law for killing your slave would have sounded crazy to the surrounding nations. God took what was already there and began to change it so that slavery was used to help a person get back on their feet after they had gone bankrupt. He was using slavery to allow for a person to be redeemed back into society. The New Testament talks a lot about slavery as well. Paul takes a good amount of time to address the servant-master relationship. That servants should serve their master as if they were serving the Lord. And masters were called to treat their slaves respectably, realizing that both the master and the slave were under the master in heaven. The New Testament also talks about how we were once slaves to sin. However, this slavery was not like the Israelite slavery, where they would be released after six years. This type of slavery was for a lifetime. However, we were redeemed, or bought, not with money as the slaves in Israel could be to become free, but by the blood of Jesus. This means, based on the Israelites' law regarding slavery, that we now belong to Jesus because he bought us. But instead of keeping us slaves, we were adopted into his family. We became part of his family when he bought us. In Galatians 4, verse 7, it says that no longer a slave, but that we are children of God. And if we are children of God, then we are his heirs. Just like it says in Proverbs 17, verse 2, that a wise servant will share in the inheritance with the master's children. God never wanted slavery. He didn't create it. That was done by people. But God did take something that was evil and used it for good so that it would help those that were in need. But God wasn't done setting up the future culture of a nation or setting up the covenant with them. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.